grace are made of jasper, and I'll see Jesus there. I'm Hello, everybody. God bless you today. This is Susan Puzio, and I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News radio broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. We're also heard on the Rapture Ready Radio Network, which is also on Blog Talk Radio. And that's the network of our sister, Jackie Alnor. And they have a different teacher just about every day on that network. So that's there if you're looking for some good Bible teaching. Also, we have our book, Seed Faith, Can a Man Bribe God? How False Teachers Manipulate and Hypnotize You for Offerings. And they sure know what what they're doing, these people. I see these poor lost sheep. I was watching a um, Benny Hinn Morris thriller. Remember Benny a couple months ago? Benny said he was going to stop his manipulating and he was going to stop his trickery. But no, he hasn't stopped. I just watched him at this Morris Cirillo event that was held in California. And uh, there was Benny. Benny talking out of both sides of his mouth. One side saying, oh, I... I don't want the trickery and I don't want the manipulating and the gimmicks. So then what does he do about 10 minutes later? He starts with the gimmicks about telling people to come up with $5,000 and God was going to bless their business and he was going to bless their family and he was going to pray for them that they get a 24 hour turnaround. (laughs) He's like a heroin addict. He can't stop. He's, He's addicted Addicted to scamming, addicted to scamming. So anyway, we're going to talk about one of the premier uh, Bible scammers, Paula White. And every year I like to bring Ron on and we talk about Paula White and her first fruits scam. She runs this thing every year. And every year in January, she asks people to bring one day salary one week salary or even one month salary and if you don't give God his first fruits then the rest of your year is going to be ruined anyway that's the gospel according to Paula but that's not the gospel according to Jesus hi Ron hello Susan God bless you that's good to have you on today it's good to be here yeah we're going to talk about first fruits First fruit. Now, Ron, to you, what is a first fruit? Well, I mean, uh, the word itself pretty much tells you what it is. Uh, I mean, you break it down to two two, uh, syllables, first and fruit. Uh, A first, of course, meaning the very beginning or the very top, uh, and fruits meaning uh, uh, that which has grown from the ground. Uh, and we go into Exodus chapter 2, and we can clearly see where the, the very first instance where first fruits is mentioned, it says that it's the first fruits of your ground. Uh, so uh, it's not speaking of uh, uh, your first paycheck of the year. It's not speaking of the first paycheck of the month. It's not speaking <laughs> of the first paycheck of the week. It's not speaking of the very first penny you ever made. <laughs> Oh dear! I wonder if Paul is listening. Paula, I you need to go back to Bible college. You know, you need to you need to go back to Bible college because 
Jim Baker says, oh, Paula White's the greatest priest, female preacher we ever heard. I don't know uh, what's wrong with Jim Baker. I think he's getting old. He's probably starting to lose it a little bit to make such a statement because obviously the first fruits is not money. And first fruits is not your first day's pay, your first week's pay, your first month's pay to set the precedent for the beginning of the year. You don't have to buy God off for anything. You don't have to give God any money. What's he going to do with it? How, is he coming down to heaven to go shopping at Macy's? What What is God going to do with money? Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, there, there's, there's a passage that I've been using over the last few months that actually proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that God does not uh, require us to uh, give first fruits of our money. Uh, and that passage is found in the Gospels, uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17, verses 24 through 27. Now, I'm sure many are familiar with this story. This is the story where the ta- Roman tax collectors went to the disciples and asked the disciples why their, past- why their master, Jesus Christ, was not uh, uh, paying taxes. Now, uh, they use the word tribute in the King James. Why does your, does your master pay tribute uh, or not pay tribute? Uh, Jesus didn't have any money to pay tribute, but he told the disciples to go down to the sea and cast a hook into the sea, catch a fish, and there would be a coin in the fish's mouth. And then he said, take that coin and give it to them for me and thee. Uh, in other words, that coin, it wasn't, it wasn't a first fruits taken out of it to uh, to give to the house of God. Uh, it wasn't a first fruit to, to, uh, taken out of it to give to God himself. Jesus said, <laughs> give the coin to the Roman tax collectors. Uh, yeah. So that, beyond a shadow of a doubt, proves that the, the, the first fruit of money was not required by God, and pastors are actually manipulating the word of God when they try to say that it is. Yeah. That's a good point because we we believe we follow Jesus. We follow what he says to do, and we follow what he did. And obviously, Jesus being God, when he walked the earth, he did not collect. He didn't say exactly when he got that coin out of the fish's mouth. He didn't say, now, wait a minute. I want my I want- first fruit. Hold on. Yeah, that's right. Give me my share or else, because I'm telling you right now, if you don't give me my share, uh, you're cursed with a curse, and your year is ruined, according to Paula White. If you don't put God first in January, then your whole year can be ruined. Oh, my. She's got a funny Jesus. She's got a real funny Jesus. Well, and, and Paul warned the Corinthian saints of the same thing. I mean, you know, he told he told them, you know, that that he was afraid that somebody, if somebody came to them preaching another Jesus, they might bear with them. Uh, in other words, they might receive that other Jesus that's being preached, and that's what's happening today in in the case of Paula White and many of these other ministers. Now, to be fair, not all pastors do teach. Uh, uh, first fruit offerings and tithes and seed offerings and all that. But the ones that do are actually deceiving the people. They're handling the word of God deceitfully and teaching. Teaching. 
Yeah, that's right. They they're handling the word of God deceitfully because, uh, for the most part, most pastors don't really study like they should. They they might have uh, read a commentary or they might read somebody else's book and they pull things like the first 15 years of my Christianity and I've been born again since 1981. So the first 15 years, I read some things about giving, but to do an absolute study, no, it was probably when I really started to take every word in the Bible that had anything to do with seed or money or fruit or whatever. When I start, when I went scripture upon scripture, then I found out what the truth was. But otherwise I was reading somebody else's book. Are we offline? No, I can hear you. Uh, It's when I I don't hear her. Oh, you don't hear me? But I hear you. He doesn't hear. I can hear you. I don't hear. I hear Ron. Anyway, we'll wait for him. They're having some sound issues, but uh, I can hear Ron. He doesn't hear me. But anyway, um, Jesus, when Jesus walked the earth, we follow his example and his example of uh, how he handled money, how he told people to handle money. And anyway, that should be our uh our guideline. But anyway, let's play this audio. I have this first audio clip here from Paula and her husband. Now she's got a new husband that she's been married to since 2015 and he is Jonathan Kane, but his real name is Jonathan Friga. He is uh, a member of the band Journey. Now he's not well versed in Bible teaching. He's he's it, let me say this He's he's more he has to be a little bit more biblically illiterate than Paula. Paula is very biblically illiterate. Anyway, uh, he she's got him teaching now on her program. So here's her and her husband, and they're he's <laughs> if you could believe it, she's got her husband teaching with her on first fruits and. She says, oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then I know you've got a lot of things to share. And then I want to get to some really exciting things about where you see distinction when people put God first versus they don't. So there's first fruit peace. There's the first fruit offering. There's um, Jesus was the first fruit of many brethren. There's many different first fruits. The tithe is a first fruit, the tenth, but then there's a first fruit offering. We as believers are his first fruit. We're the first we're set apart. Oh, see, we're going to get into all that. This is going to be fun. So it's the principle, and you've got to get this, of all first belong to God. And he really lays claim. Now, we're going to talk about what does that mean as a New Testament believer. But, John, look at these scriptures. So when we honor God by putting him first, right, whether it's in our finances, with our time, with our family, in our marriage, in anything, his presence covers 
blesses, sanctifies the rest. So basically the principle is whatever you give to God first, first hours of your day, first minutes of your hour, first month of the year, first of your income, whether it's the whole, whether it's a part of it, then his presence covers and blesses. So it basically sets the destiny and governs what happens to the rest. So all throughout the Word of God, you see this happen and the activation of it. And I want to read some scriptures, examples of honoring God with first fruits. In Ezekiel chapter 44, verse 30, it says, Blessings will rest on your house. To cause a blessing to rest on your home when you bring him the first fruit. And the priest, of course, was mandated in the Old Testament because they had to. It was by law, yeah. It was by there law. There were many rules. So today, this is not a heaven or hell issue. This is not you have to. This is you get to. You know? Exactly. But you choose to. Yeah. And that's even better. You choose but, to. But isn't it amazing that throughout uh, the Bible, we have these great holy men. We have prophets. We have apostles. Where the Holy Spirit is downloading the same message. Yeah. The same message. You know, uh, there will be ample provisions in the temple. Test me in this and see if I don't open up heaven itself to you and pour out blessings. That there's not even room enough to receive and it. this happens over and over and over again, the same message from the Holy Spirit by many, many different men of faith and, and, and you know, powerful men. And so God says over, when you honor me and put me first, these are some of my blessings. How many of us want the blessing of the Lord to rest in our house? And you know what that word means? Generations. Generations, yeah. So, it's not just like God resting on your home. It means like your kids acting up right now. Or for me, I remember when Brad was an atheist and people were like, oh, is a face. No, it wasn't a face. Very academic. And I mean, he was a crack addict. He tells his own story and testimony. And I would put, I would honor God with the first fruit offering at the beginning of the year for all my children. I would. Uh, pray over him, put those anointed old cloths in his commerce sneakers, lay on his bed for hours, fast 21 days during January. Because I believe God, and I now he's 34, he's pastoring, he's a powerful voice to this generation, but I believe that our prayers and honoring God first works. So the blessing of the Lord rests upon my... And then I know you've got. Now, see now, Paula says that because she gave her first fruits offering, and that God saved her son, and now he's a pastor. Which she appointed him a pastor. I don't know if he would have ever been a pastor on his own. It's nice when your your mother uh, has a church, and then she she lets you have it, so you, you well, don't have to re- really work for anything. Right. Now, I don't know if I missed something there, but I thought she said he was 31 years old and an atheist. And she was praying for And she was praying for him. And then three years later, he's a pastor of a church. Uh, you know, my Bible tells me that uh, that those that are in the ministerial position are not supposed to be novices. Yeah, I know. Uh, but, yeah, you mommy. know, so obviously her Bible must not say that. <laughs> Well, her her Bible doesn't say a lot of things. She's got some kind of a weird Bible, too, because, well, she says that, yeah, she says that her uh, her son was a crack addict and he was an atheist, but she's got this church over in Apopka, 
that she managed, when she took it over, which was controversial anyway, when she took it over, the way it was done, but Zachary Timms had it, and he he died of a heroin overdose. And he he, if you look at the old videos, if you go back and look at some of his old sermons on YouTube, you see the place was packed. He he had thousands and thousands of people in that church. They said right. at one time there was about eight thousand. When Paula took it over, now, uh, and I've been there, so I, I've I've seen how many people she actually has. She might have anywhere, say, three to five hundred on a Sunday. So she managed to evacuate the place uh, with over the years. So she doesn't have any kind of a mega church. She talks about going and shaking nations, but she can't even shake a popka. So I don't know what nation she's going to shake. And then she comes out with these weird teachings that uh, you have to give Jesus these first fruits offerings, but Jesus never talked about that in the New Testament, did he, Ron? No, he sure didn't. But, you know, to be totally fair to Paula, uh, when she first started that clip, uh, she was doing fine. Uh, I mean, she, she said that there are many first fruits in the Bible, and that's true. And she said Jesus was the first fruit among many brethren, and that's true. But then she said, tithe, your tithe is the first fruits. Uh-oh, she veered from the truth right there. She veered from the truth right there because the tithe is not the first fruit. And we can see that clearly in Nehemiah chapter 10, verses 37 and 38, uh, where the, uh, well, you back up to verse 29 and the congregation is agreeing to enter into an oath to uh, walk in God's law. Uh, and so then you go to verse 37 and it says that they, the congregation had agreed to take the first fruits to the house of God, but the uh, the uh, tithes they were to give to the Levites, and then the Levites were to take a tithe of the tithe to the house of God. Now, if tithes and first fruits were the same, uh, giving the the Levites uh, 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 or the Levites carrying a tithe of the tithe to the house of God would be an impossibility, because the tithe and first fruits would already be in the house of God. So obviously, uh, they are two separate. Things. Uh, now, there's one other thing that she said in there uh, right from the very beginning uh, uh, or right there after the very beginning. She said that the uh, uh, tithes were the first fruits were uh, from the very top, from the first, she said. Uh, it's the very first thing, the first of the month, first of the year, so on and so forth. What the thing is, is uh, tithe, uh, the first fruits wasn't necessarily the first. Uh, uh, in some cases, uh, uh First fruits could be uh, from the first, but then again, uh, part of the first fruit, uh, the obviously the first fr- first the first fruits that the priest received uh, were from the first, but then they they had certain things that they had to do with those first fruits before they actually offered them to God. So uh, God actually got basically leftovers. <laughs> and another thing, she she claims it's January, but she talks about there being a different calendar, blah blah. But of course, uh, if they were giving a first fruits offering, which wasn't money, it was food, and so it wouldn't necessarily have been in January either. But she claims you have to do these things at the first of the year to set a precedent for the rest of the year. But she's she's really ignorant. But um, 
Anyway, she also quotes Ezekiel 44:30. Let me read it in the King James. And the first of all the first fruits of all things and every oblation of all of every sort of your oblations shall be the priests. Ye shall also give unto the priests the first of your dough. That doesn't mean money. That he may right. cause the blessing to rest in thine house. So how do you interpret that? Well, an oblation, I was looking that up this morning, an oblation is something that's simply taken near the altar. Uh, and, uh, of course, according to the Bible, no one could, have, could go near the altar except for the Levites. Uh, and no one could actually uh, burn things on the altar or offer things on the altar except for the priests themselves. And so, you know, what I see is God's not even speaking to the children of Israel to go near the altar. He's simply telling them that there are first fruits that need to be given that need to be taken to the altar. Uh, and so, uh, but but there again, see, we're, we look at the word first fruits. Again, first fruits of what? Exodus chapter 2 says first fruits of the ground. And several, several other verses say fru- uh, the, the fruits of the ground. So what we look at there, we see that it has to be food. It cannot be money. Uh, and I, I don't know. I just don't see how they can get money out of it. Uh, it's simply it, every single verse in the Bible, there's like 31 verses that mention first fruit. And not one of them uh, say that the first fruit is money. Uh, they mo- The majority of them actually tell you that it's food. It's come from, from the ground itself. Uh, first fruits of that, that corn and their wine and the oil and so on and so forth. Now, animals were not first fruits, actually. Animals were called firstlings in the Bible. And there's a difference. Uh, basically, they did come off the top like the, like the first fruits, but uh, the animals themselves were, first, were not first fruits, just like we ourselves are not first fruits. She said we were first fruits, but uh, the Bible doesn't call us first fruits. The Bible calls us firstborn, uh, those the firstborn in the family. Uh, and so, uh, you know, for her to say we're the first fruits, or for her, her husband there, John, uh, Jonathan Cain, to say that uh, we're the first fruits, that was a total fabrication as well. Uh, <laughs> you can't get, not everybody can be first fruits. Yeah, okay, let's say the very first person who came to Christ uh, and trusted Christ after the cross, that would be the first fruits of the cross. But everyone after that, subsequent people after that are not first fruits. They can't be. Yeah. Or not first fruits, I should say, firstlings or first, you know. But the fact is, is no, nothing in the Word of God says that uh, uh, first fruits were money. Well, she says that Jesus was the first fruit. Well, the Bible does say that he was the first fruit of them that uh, 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 of the of them that sleep. Or I believe it is the way the Scripture says it. Uh, and uh, to that that extent, it's basically saying that he offered himself to God uh, on our behalf uh, yes, to represent right. to re- to represent us. Yes, uh, right. uh, and the Bible does say we are that he is our representative. It doesn't use the word representative; it uses the word advocate. Uh, in yeah. 1 John chapter 2. Yeah. So there's another. It's like, Paul, go back to Bible school. Uh, of course, uh, here it says in Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So how do you interpret that? Well, 
and there again, uh, we have to look at the fact that Solomon, when he spoke these words to his son, uh, he was living under the jurisdiction of the Mosaic law, and the Mosaic law required that first fruits be given. So uh, getting back to, to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9, it doesn't say tithe to the Lord with your first fruits. It says honor the Lord with your first fruits. Uh, and uh, how did they honor the Lord with the first fruits? Well, they took the first fruits to the house of God, uh, to the chambers. They they were actually allowed to go into the storehouse chambers with the first fruits themselves. Uh, but the fact is, is that that there that verse there is misused and abused. Uh, they like to take that and to tie it into uh, Malachi chapter three, verse eight yeah. ten. And you saw a little bit of you saw a little bit of hint of that in the video clip. Uh, where yeah. Jonathan was speaking, you know, that he's going to open the heaven and, and bless yeah, everybody, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and truthfully, Proverbs does hint a little bit towards the, the, a blessing being there because it says that if you honor the Lord with the first fruits uh, and with uh, with uh, uh, of all that increase uh, or with our substance and with all the, the first fruits of all that increase, as King James says, uh, that then your barns are going to be full. Uh, Malachi says if you bring the tithes, then there's going to be such a blessing that you'll not be able to receive it. So there, there seems to be some correlation there, but the fact is, is the tithe and the first fruit are not the same. Uh, but that's what they were trying to make it because they automatically brought the, the Malachi in right after the three, uh, after the Proverbs three nine. Yeah, uh, well, they're, all, they're, all, they're always it's trying to fund. fund. Yeah, they're always right. trying to think of ways to fund their so-called ministries. They can't operate their ministries on faith. God forbid they should ever tell people the truth. I don't, what are they afraid of? Can't they just tell people we're operating a church here. Uh, we have a mortgage, we have a light bill, we have missions programs. So if you'd like to give an offering, fine. If you don't want to give an offering, that's fine too. You're welcome here. But no, these places, it's so stressful. I can imagine it's just so stressful to get up on a Sunday morning and have to go to these places and you sit there and you're bombarded with all this stuff. You're going through all these things in your life throughout the week and church is supposed to be a refuge. It's supposed to be a place where you go to relax and you go to be ministered to. Instead, they're robbing you over there. Talk about, they talk, like to talk about robbing God, but who's robbing who? Right. Uh, you know, uh, Baker's, uh, law dictionary has a word for that, and uh, that word is extortion. Yeah. Uh, and extortion is actually an act that is done uh, uh, through violence, fear, or uh, under color of official right. And see, these, and, and it, it can even be with the audience's consent. Uh, if I went to you and I told you that I have an official right to ask or to demand money from you, uh, and I didn't have that right, uh, that would be an act of extortion. Uh, uh, and uh, that's yeah. exactly what they're doing. They're, they're demanding money from the people. Uh, and it, and it, Bakers even says that it can be with their consent. So, you know, if you said, oh, uh, yeah, you're right, I, I guess I need to give that money, you're helping me to become an extortioner. And see, that's what these people that are yielding to Paula's messages and they're bringing this alleged first fruit offering. I say alleged because we know it isn't, but they bring it to her. Uh, they have successfully made her an extortioner. Yes. Now the Bible, the Bible clearly tells us in first 
Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11, that extortioners will be amongst those that will not inherit the kingdom of God. So yeah. uh, Paula, needs, Paula needs to repent. Her husband, Jonathan, needs to repent. And all these pastors that are preaching this, this false doctrine of a monetary first fruit offering, uh, they need to repent as well. Yes, amen to that. That's very true because it is a, it is a form of extortion. It, uh, they, uh, they put fear on people that somehow uh, our merciful, loving God who gave his son, how much more do you want? And so, uh, but that's not enough, according to them. Uh, according to them, you have to uh, give these big offerings. You have to give 10% of your income. And, of course, uh, Malachi, the scripture in Malachi, tithing was never money. You can't ever prove it was ever money. So, And God, when, it, when, it, when it's talking about open, opening up the windows of heaven, it's talking about rain. It's not talking, because the whole the whole premise there, of course, goes to your crops. And so why would you say, uh, Ron, that God required first fruits in the Old Testament? Well, the, the one of the reasons that God required first fruits is because he wanted to be first amongst the Jews. Uh, he wanted them to place him first. And uh, they obviously uh, did it in some areas, but in other areas they didn't. Uh, you know, we can look back at first First Samuel chapter 8, I believe it is, uh, where uh, the people cried for the king, for, for Samuel to give him a king. Uh, you know, and God said that, you know, because you've, uh, you've cried for a king, you've rejected me. And that's exactly what's happening is, is God wants to be first in our lives. He wants us to think of him first thing in the morning. Now, see, I, I, with that part of the stuff, uh, with Paula's message, I do agree. We need to put God first. It shows that we do love Him. Uh, but uh, as far as first fruits of money, then again, uh, I I don't see how that God is saying to give Him the first of the money, especially based on Matthew chapter 17, verse 24 through 27, uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 33, uh, uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 36. Another classic uh, where Jesus told the apostles to go sell a sword. Or sell a sell a garment rather, and to buy a sword. Uh, he didn't say sell a garment, bring me a, a portion of that money, and then go use the rest to buy a sword. He didn't say go <laughs> go use. He didn't say go take a portion of that money to the house of God and then buy a sword. No. He said no. sell the garment, buy a sword. So uh, you know we we do need to get put God first in our lives, but God wants us to make sure that we are not uh, putting ourselves in a in uh, a financial strap if we do go into the uh, thing of put, giving God the first of our money. Uh, you know, the thing is, is we have bills, and the Bible says, oh, no man, anything but love. Yeah. And uh, so we have, to, we have to pay bills that we have, uh, and God understands that. He doesn't want us to give. He doesn't want our giving to be to the point that uh, we – cause others to be eased, as Second Corinthians 8.13 says, and uh, uh, ourselves be left financially strapped. Uh, God doesn't want that. Uh, it, it makes no sense for me to give to you because you have a great need in your life for me to take and uh, write out the last of the money or the majority of my money in my bank account, which is very little, by the way, but, uh, you know, for me to write uh, a, a check 
that would cause me to put myself in, in financial duress to where I couldn't get my bills paid or I couldn't put food on my table. Uh, yes, we need to give to God's house. We need to give to God's work. We need to uh, put God first in our lives. You know, he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Uh, now, it didn't say to give first fruits and all these things to be added. It didn't say to tithe and all these things to be ad- will be added. It said, seek the kingdom of God first. So we need That's to seek. Right. Uh, we need to seek God's will, basically, is what, what Jesus was saying in that verse. We need to seek what God wants us to do for the kingdom to advance his purpose in the earth. Uh, that's and right. sometimes that sometimes that may cause us to uh, want to give a little bit of money towards towards a ministry or, or giving to somebody that's in need, and that's great. Uh, we just have to remember that we God does not mean for us to put ourselves in such a place where we're not going to have. Well, of course, but they, they, these people, they, they would take, they take people's life savings. They take people's houses. They take their jewelry. They take their cars. They'll take whatever they can get. And uh, even Paula says, well, Jesus said to seek first the kingdom. So she always, wherever the word first comes up, she tries to apply it to uh, these first fruits offerings. But uh Paula says that you have to bring the first fruits offering to God, but I don't know, like, where is God in all this? If they if they have to bring it to God, why do they have to go through Paula? Exactly. Now, here's here's a point to uh, that that really is uh, got me is the scripture clearly tells us that the first fruits were to be taken to the to the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, now, there's nowhere else in the Word of God. That says first fruit offerings are to be taken to Ocala, Florida, or to to San Francisco, <laughs> California, or Juneau, yeah. Alaska, or yeah, anywhere else in the world. The only place God said His first fruits are to go uh, is in Jerusalem. So now, these people that are saying you must bring the first fruits to me, you must bring the first fruits to your to this uh, this and that uh, religious institution. Uh, are not, are going by their own opinion. They're not going by the word of God itself. <laughs> well, of course they're going by their own opinion because they like that money. Bring that money mm-hmm. over here so I can have a good life. And you notice that usually in most of these so-called churches, the pastor is the one that's living the largest and he's living off the 10%. So I would be living large, too. Even if I had 10 people giving me 10% of your income, I'd be living large. So it's a pretty good gig if you could get it. But what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You're going to miss out on God. And just like the Bible says, if you're an extortioner, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Anyway, here's another. uh, Let's listen to this clip. It's about six minutes. Paula White teaching from I don't know what Bible on first fruits. Love you, God, but what we're doing is loving our animal more than we do the creator of that animal. We're loving things more than we do the creator of of every good thing, every good gift, his goodness, his blessing, his mercy. It's one thing to say something. It's another thing to live it. So seek ye first. Worship first. Now that is an important word because it means foremost, of first in time, first in place, first in order, 
and first in importance. So I want you and I, it's just us talking today. So I want you to really examine yourself. This is not a time of going, hey, this is a time to say, let's break the cycle of frustration. Let's break the cycle of you reading the word, but not seeing the word come to pass in your life. Because there's certain things that if we don't do, often it said, it's not that we're doing so much that's wrong, we're not doing enough of what is right. And that's because we perish because of lack of knowledge according to God's word. So when we seek first, foremost in time, foremost in place, foremost in state, and foremost in importance, have you made God most important? When you make a conscious decision that says, God, I'm giving you the first hour of this day. God, I'm giving you the first day of the week. We live in a pop culture that it's hard to get your kids up, go to church, do things. But look, when you do, it produces results. Why should we do that? Because God's word commands us. Do not forsake the assembling of yourself, even the more as you see the day of approaching. Why should I give God a first fruits offering? Why should I bring that to him? Because it's going to, it literally means a promise to come. In the Hebrew, it literally means you're sending a signal to your future that releases the harvest and the promise of God into your life. So let's dig a little bit deep, deeper. Seek first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is Basileia, the royalty, the rule, and the realm. So it's seek first God and his way of doing things because the world has a system and their way of doing things, and the kingdom of God which is what Jesus came to establish. Repent, change your mind, change your direction, for the kingdom of God has come. So the kingdom of God has its own set of laws and rules, if you would say that, that are governed by the word of God. So you're in this world, but you're not of this world. Are we making sense together? Because I want you to get into that place of promise here. All right, so first fruits, the principle, is when you put God first in everything. When you honor God first, when you make a conscious decision to recognize January as belonging to God, giving your body, your mind, you say, what do you mean by your body? To fasting and prayer, your mind, your heart, your soul, your finances and offering, commitments to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, you're not only shifting this year, you're shifting a decade. So let's dig a little bit more. God has certain methods. Um, he has a way of doing things. A method is an accurate order, an arrangement, divine arrangement of things. So my husband's a musician. If he were just starting to play those keys, and I said, what is it when you just play like this? He calls dissonance, and he uses this other word, and it's basically chaos. But when he plays all beautiful, it's harmony. Well, we're like banging on the piano, and it sounds like noise because we don't have a divine accurate order and arrangement of things. But when we do it with first fruits, I'm going to give you one example real quick. The tithe is a first fruits. Now, there's a difference between a first fruit offering and tithe. They're both mentioned 32 times in the Word of God, but tithe is not just 10% of your gross income. Tithe is the first tenth. You say, why? Why does it have to be the first tenth? Because whatever you put first redeems the curse off of the rest. So let me explain. When there was a high treason in the garden and sin entered into man when Adam and Eve fell, yes, Jesus came back, claimed that victory. Thank God. He went to an old rugged cross, died, was buried in a borrowed tomb, rose again, 
and he conquered death on the grave. But if you don't apply that victory, you won't see it in your life. So when there was a high treason, yes, Jesus became the solution, but you have to apply salvation. You have to apply the principles. You have to apply the word of God. Now, Jesus came to redeem us from the curse. That's why he is the first fruit of many brethren, so that that curse does not rule or reign over your family, over your life. So when you take, say, and you write your bill to your electric company or JCPenney or Macy's or whatever you're paying first, basically you're saying, Macy's, you are my God. So when my child's sick, hey, Macy's, heal it. When uh, I need financial provision, hey, Macy's, give it to me. When I need a miracle, hey, Macy's, do it. Because you've taken the first tent and you said, I'm paying the mortgage first or Macy's first. She's an example. So if you take that and you give it to God, and he says, through the storehouse, through his work, through ministry, and you give that to God, then it redeems the curse over that 90%. And that's why God says, I'll open the windows of heaven, I'll pour out blessing, there's not room enough to receive. What's the first thing he says? I rebuke the devourer for your name's sake. So that would, would, which would waste that you, it's called waster, the spirit of waster, which would eat everything that rightfully belongs to you. God says that is now redeemed and it is holy. I'm going to come back and teach you a lot more about the principle of first. Don't, don't. Don't teach us anymore, please. Did you ever hear such yeah. foolishness? That that is it's uh, just a bunch of foolishness and I mean you can easily refute what everything she said. Uh, go to to Leviticus chapter twenty seven verses thirty two and thirty three. There you see that the tithe of the uh, animals was not the very first of the ten; it was the last of the ten. It was the tenth animal to pass under the rod. <laughs> Now, now yeah. here's something that's very interesting because it refutes what she was saying. Also, she's talking about how that if you give the the tithe first, you're 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 going to be blessed, and it's going to redeem the curse, and so on and so forth. Well, yeah. according to uh, according to that scripture in Leviticus, it was the last animal to pass on the tenth animal to pass under the rod out of ten, not not the first. But it goes on to say, you know, don't search whether it's clean or unclean. Uh, so the, even the tithe itself could be of animals could be clean or unclean. Uh, if it was unclean and it passed under the tent, that was still considered to be uh, uh, under the rod as a tent. That still could be uh, considered to be the tithe. Uh, but but it, there's nothing in that passage at all that says that uh, the tithe given uh, redeems you from the curse or redeems these animals from the curse or redeems your crops from the curse. Nothing at all. Uh, so Paul is why, Paul's doctrine, you know, contradicts what the Bible says. Uh, now, if giving a tithe could be could re or giving first fruits could could redeem a person from the curse, then why did Jesus come to die? I mean, yeah. Jesus sent a prophet to say, "Look, if you want to you want to be redeemed from the curse, just give me the first of what you have this year. Give me yeah. the, your first paycheck. Give me this. Give me that. Give me that." No, uh, it doesn't say that we have to give to be redeemed from the uh, curse. It says that Christ gave to redeem us from the curse. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 tells us that Christ went to the cross. It says that Christ gave his own life to redeem us 
from the curse of the law. Amen. Uh, Amen. So Paula needs to Paula needs to trash that Bible she's uh, trying to preach from and get a get a true Bible that actually teaches uh, what uh, the truth is and and. Uh, she just needs to repent. I mean, she, she yeah, needs to repent that's, big time. That's right. They repent big time. Even, uh, you know, her son, he, he's as dopey as her, and he's following in her footsteps. He made a statement at at their church on Sunday, and he said, well, people call my mother a heretic just because of the way she takes up offerings. If you don't have any integrity, then you don't belong in the ministry. So it's a big deal how you handle the word of God. And if you handle the word of God deceitfully and you're an extortioner, you don't belong in the ministry. And there's nowhere in the Bible that says that the local church is the storehouse either. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. And like I said, the the only place that first fruits or tithes uh, was supposed to be taken was the city of Jerusalem. Uh, According to Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 10 and 11, God said that the, the first fruits and the tithes and such and the vows and all that would be uh, were to be taken to the place that he chose once they entered the land of Canaan. And uh, second, uh, second Corinthians chapter 6, verses 5 and 6 tell us that that place that he chose was Jerusalem. Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, the fact is, is that the, the children of Israel were to take their first fruits and uh, off and tithes to Jerusalem, uh, but the, they were to meet the Levites there in Jerusalem. They were to take the first fruits to the house of God, but they were to give the uh, tithes to the Levites there in the city of Jerusalem, and the Levites were to take a tithe of the tithe to the house of God. Uh, so, I mean, clearly... She needs to sit down and, and, and study scriptures a, a lot more than what she has uh, because uh, she contradicts what the Bible actually tells us that first fruits and tithes are. Yes. And the Bible also says a, I think it's in Titus, in the King James, a, a, a heretic after the first and second admonition reject. So, how many admonitions do you need? Paula White, how many admonitions do you need? You are a heretic. As long as you preach a false gospel and you preach another Jesus, you're a heretic. So there's no two ways about it. And you have a Bible. You have a Bible. And if you're going to stand up in a pulpit and teach people, then you need to read it and be responsible for what you tell people. And also the people in the congregation need to be responsible enough to know that when they're not hearing God's word, they need to leave the place. And they have been leaving. They've been, they left by the thousands. Anyway, let's listen to another clip here from the same teaching of her. What first fruits is all about, because when you put God first in your day, first with your prayer life, with fasting, with this month, which is crucial. I can tell you, your August, October, November, I'm not saying nothing bad is ever going to happen. You won't walk through life. You're going to walk through life. But God has been put first. And now that mandate comes on God to redeem, to buy back. We'll be right back. 
be a year of freedom and favor for you. And it all begins with honoring God's holy principle of first fruits, putting Him first in everything. I want you to make a decision to put God first in your day, to put God first this year, in this decade. Jesus declared in Matthew 6, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So it's a principle, and you've got to get this, of all first belong to God. All first belong to God. It's a principle in His Word. Proverbs chapter 3 reminds us, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow. As you call toll-free, write or click on PaulaWhite.org and honor God with your best first fruits offering in 2020. Paula wants to bless you with her new two-message series on both CD and DVD titled First Fruits 2020. And with your sacrificial first fruits offering of $75 or more, Paula will also send you her new day-by-day, 365-day devotional as you journey through 2020 with God's Word. Your first fruits offering is a seed of declaration that 2020 will be a year of freedom and favor for you and your household. Activate God's principle of first fruits and get ready to reap your harvest this year to honor God with your very best first fruits offering. So call the toll-free number, write the P.O. box, or go to the website. And when you give your very best first fruits offering, I will immediately send to you of any size my brand new first fruits teaching. It's a four-disc series. And then for your first fruits offering of $75 or more, and I say more because think about this. Many of us will sow maybe a day, maybe even a week, Offering And what I say by that, I give God, sometimes, occasionally, not always, I've even given God a month's salary. I try to give Him a week's salary. I try to give Him my very, very best. This is not legalism. This is the best you can. So for your first fruits offering of $75 more, I'll give you my brand new book. Look at this. Day by day, 365-day devotional. Guys, this is loaded to load you up with God's blessing and encouragement. You're going to get pumped up with this. You're going to walk with God with this. I am so excited about this, along with the teaching, because I go through everything. So call that toll-free number, write the P.O. Box, or go to the website. And let's keep diving deeper, because first fruits literally means the first fruit of the crop. It means hasty fruit. It means to give the birthright. It's the same as to mark as to be recognized. It's the first or the choice part. Or watch this, fundamental. Now, fundamental is really important because fundamental has to do with foundation. So fundamental comes from a root that means a basic essential, serving as a basis supporting existence. So without first fruits, Jesus was the first fruits of many brethren. Romans says, if the first fruits be holy, then the lump is holy. If it, it says, if it is holy, then basically everything else is holy. It goes on and it says, like, if it's not holy, if it's messed up, then everything becomes messed up. Why? The principle is whatever is presented to God first. That's even why, I know this is going to be old-fashioned to some people, because I know that culture changes but there's a reason that a man and a woman were to come together on their wedding night, the first night of marriage, to come into an intimate intercourse 
present themselves holy before God because they their whole life changes on that wedding. Their whole life changes when they say, God, we come in covenant together. It's not just like, oh, that's old-fashioned. It's a spiritual law. Now, that doesn't mean that God cannot forgive of the sins of the past or forgive for dishonoring him because we dishonor him all the time. But he's saying there's, there's things that when you put me first, it governs what happens to the rest. It removes that curse. It redeems it and says, you've now just put me right in the center of everything. So when something is fundamental, it's a basic essential, serving as a basis supporting, supporting existence. Without God as the foundation, there's no existence. You can work hard, but I tell you, I know people that have made millions and lost it. I know people who got married and been so in love and they've lost their marriage. I know people who got had great ministries gone overnight. Because when God is not the foundation, the Bible says, what shall the righteous do if the foundation be destroyed? If you don't say, God, you're first this month. God, you're first. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 16, 16, that when we have a first fruit, we do not stand before God empty-handed. So it says, let every man bring to God as according to his ability. So we're encouraged throughout the word that we have this amazing opportunity to say, God, I honor you. And honor is more than lip service. I have this opportunity to say, what did you make of that? <laughs> well, giving their phone number out and then turning around and saying, Giving your give your first fruits to God tells me that she's telling everybody that she speaks for God, which we obviously know she doesn't, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the thing is, that she, again, she said that uh, your your first fruits redeems everything else. Uh, yeah. It redeems you from the curse. But according to Galatians chapter 3, Christ redeemed us from the curse when he hung yeah. on the tree. And so, yeah. you know, I mean, that's totally foolishness for her. And actually, if you look at that scripture, it's not that, uh, or you look at the Bible, uh, the Bible tells us that the, the commands in first in Psalm chapter 147, verses 19 and 20, that the commands that were given to Israel uh, were given to no other nation. Uh, and Israel was given the command to give first fruits. We were not. Gentiles were never given that command. Uh, even in Acts chapter 15, uh, we see the Jerusalem Council in AD 54. Uh, James and Peter were there at the council, and so was Paul. And uh, James uh, and Peter both said that the uh, the uh, demands of the religious leaders that Gentiles be placed under the law uh, uh, was was unconstitutional. Basically, what they were saying, uh, and uh, they they came up with a uh, solution. They said that the Holy Spirit was in agreement with it that there was only four things that were necessary of the Gentile believers. Uh, and according to that, uh, that passage in Acts 15, verses 28 and 29, uh, first fruit offerings and tithing is not in uh, those necessary things. Uh, you would yeah. think that if it was necessary that we give uh, first fruit offerings in order to uh, be redeemed from a curse, that uh, they would have mentioned it there in that council, but they didn't. Yes. And no. uh, eight, year, eight years later, in Acts chapter 21, 
uh, we see James telling Paul, reminding Paul that of the council and the decision that was made at the council. And he said that there was only four necessary things that were required of the Gentile believers. Again, first fruit offerings not mentioned as one of those necessary things. Neither were tithes. No, and of course, Jesus, there's not one account of Jesus walking on the earth and people kneeling before him and put placing first fruits in his hands or tithe, tithe money. They're right. Never. So that's and he, our, never, that's, he, never instructed, he never instructed the apostles to take tithes or first fruits. No. So that's one of our mottos here. Uh, prophetic news. If Jesus didn't do it, then it's not so. It, it's just not Amen. so. We we model our Christianity uh, by the way the Lord moved and operated his ministry when he was on the earth. So that's our example. And uh, just like when Paul was leaving, I think it, when, it was when he was leaving Malta and they were hanging on his neck and they were crying they didn't want him to go and he said it is more blessed to give than to receive because he gave everything he had his time uh, his ability to uh, teach and preach to people there and to do whatever he could to bless the brethren so he wasn't saying dear God here I'm giving you 10% or I'm giving you a first fruits and so uh, and look at all the things I'm doing over here. Now I want something back for all the things. No, he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. So that should be our the way we conduct ourselves as Christians is that we love the brethren. We love God's work. We want to bless the work of God. Of course, if you can't be saved and not be a giver. It just comes natural. <laughs> you know, nobody Amen. has to force you. Or uh, it's so simple enough that if the pastor wants to take up an offering on a Sunday, he just takes up an offering. And he, you don't have to manipulate and go on and on and on about this and that. You just simply ask the people. And they can make their own decisions about how they want to spend their money. So it's not exactly. up to the pastor yeah, or anybody else to tell people how to spend their money. One, one outrageous thing that she said, I don't think she said it on this particular series of recordings was that she said that Cain didn't give a first fruits offering. So that's why there was all those, uh, there was all that conflict between Cain and Abel because Abel, Abel gave his first fruits, but Cain didn't. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, the thing is, is the Bible nowhere says that, uh, that first fruits were required. Uh, you know, it simply says that, you know, in the process of time, Abel gave of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof, and Cain gave, gave an offering also. Uh, but it doesn't say that Cain's offering was a first fruit, or it doesn't say it wasn't a first fruit. So it's only speculation that uh, when they say that when someone says it is or it isn't. Uh, you know, we have to go by what the Word of God says. Uh, Isaiah chapter 8, verse 20 says that, uh, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. So if we have to add to the word of God, we actually are break, taking us out of the light and putting ourselves in darkness. Yeah, very true. All right, let's play this last clip here. 
It's about five minutes long. Honor you with that. And I say, God, I worship you. Seek first. Worship. Because your highest form of worship is giving. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So what happens with the first fruit being fundamentals? It determines the structure. The building of your life will be determined by what kind of basis. Is God first in your finances? Is God first in your day? Is God first this month? Is God first in your relationship? If not, simply repent and change your mind and make him first. That, it's not like, oh my gosh, you're not under the law. You don't have to pay 20% interest like they did during the time of Moses. They had to pay a 20% accrued interest every day, a fifth of it. You're not under that. You're under a freedom to say, God, I repent, I get this right, and I'm not going into a groundhog year. I'm going into a good year. I'm going into my best decade ever. So let's keep going and look at a few more scriptures here. Proverbs 16, verse 2 says, All a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed to the Lord. So check your attitude. Look at your motives. Be reflective during this time. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 says, Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Your barns will burst. Your wine vats um, will brim over. So he says, honor God with the first and with everything you own. Remember he said, I can go through so much scripture, Leviticus chapter 23, Leviticus chapter 27, and Numbers, I can take you Deuteronomy 16. All these scriptures have to do with God says all first are what he calls devoted things. So devoted things are things that belong to God and God alone. Let's take another simple example. God had told the children of Israel, take possession of the land. So he brought them out of Israel because he wanted them to be able to, excuse me, he brought them out of Egypt because he wanted them to be able to freely worship him. So you know what happens. They come out with the silver, the gold, the raiment. They come out with all of it. And then what happens? It's supposed to be an 11-day journey, and it ends up being 40 years. That entire generation dies in a wilderness because of disobedience. So God's Bears two of them, Joshua and Caleb, who had an excellent spirit. And he says, I'm going to give the tribes the lands to possess. Go in and take possession. So they finally cross over the Jordan. They take possession, and they're victorious. They, they move across Jordan as new beginnings. There's so much teaching there. And they get to this little place called Ai, literally Ai. And, and they've defeated giants. They've, I mean, they have won victory after victory. And all of a sudden... They get their behind kicked. And you're going like, why are they so defeated? And Joshua, the pastor, the leader, because he's taken Moses' place, he falls on his face and begins to cry and plead for mercy. And God says, get up, I'm not listening to your prayer. Can you imagine? God's like, I'm not even listening to your prayer. Because God is saying, you know what to do. And there's sin in the camp. He says, there's an accursed thing. So what's an accursed thing? And a cursed thing is when something is devoted and it belongs to God, which first roots is. It's a devoted thing. First roots and devoted have interchangeable, they have the same meaning basically in Hebrew. He says there's an accursed thing. So you've touched someone in the camp has touched what is devoted. Why is that important? Because Ai was the first city. All the other cities, God said, take the spoils. Take the enemy stuff, 
divided between the people, but because it was the first city, those spoils belonged to God. So when Achan took it, what happened was Joshua had to go out, find out where it was, and, and literally, now, we don't die, but there are things that die in our life. And I can show you this all throughout the Word. Achan, Miss Achan, and children Achan were all stoned because they had touched what was devoted. There is a consequence. We might not drop over dead. We're not going to be stoned or anything. But I can tell you there are things in your life that are not living to the place that God wants them to be. And you cannot get frustrated and blame God when you're refusing to put God first when he says throughout his entire word, first things first. <laughs> oh, dear. Now, you know, what she said about Aiken taking, you know, the 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 uh, gold and silver, uh, the Bible says he hid it in his tent. And, of course, he was killed, and there were several people that were killed with him. But, you know, the thing is, is that that has absolutely nothing to do with the New Testament saints. First Corinthians no. chapter, or not First Corinthians, First uh, Timothy chapter 6 tells us that the uh, husbandman must first be partaker of the fruit. Uh, now, the husbandman is the gardener. Uh, so uh, that's basically the same as saying if you're earning money, you're supposed to be the first one to use the money. Uh, if you're a farmer, uh, you you have to partake of that fruit first. Uh, what farmer's going to go out there and, and take and grow a field of corn and such and uh, not test it himself to make sure that it's okay to send out into the market? Uh, yeah. You know, so obviously the the part the person that uh, uh, that in the New Testament we're supposed to be the partaker of um, our first fruits, or if you want to call it first fruits, we're supposed to be the, the partakers of that first fruit first. Uh, uh, and so Paula needs to, she needs to sit down and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Sit down, shut up, go back to Bible college, get some help and Stop it already, please. You think God's going to bless that mess? No. She talks about God. Oh, you don't put God first, and you're you're taking his devoted thing. Well, if it was such a big deal, it would have been a big deal to Jesus, and Jesus would have emphasized it throughout his earthly ministry, which he never did, never once. Exactly. So even when Jesus talked about, the tithing, when he talked about the uh, Pharisees bringing their tithe, they were bringing food. He never, yeah. it was never. And so a lot of people point to that. But Paula, you're the one that's touching the devoted thing. You're the one that's using the word of God deceitfully for your own gain. Because if it, the Bible says whatever is not of faith is sin. So if you can't operate your ministry by faith, then that's sin. So she's guilty of what she's accusing other people of being guilty of by not giving God the devoted thing, which is his money. Yeah, she talks about the people robbing God when they don't give first fruits or tithes. But the fact is that she's robbing God of his authority uh, over the people because God has, has declared that first fruits were for Israel alone. He didn't say they were for the Gentile nations, you know. 
you know, and then plus in Deuteronomy chapter 26, the first four verses of that uh, chapter tell us what the first fruits were. And it was a small arm field full or basket full of, uh, of fruit from the ground. Uh, so uh, obviously the the thing of saying that it was money uh, is, is contradicting that and it's contradicting every other verse in the Bible that speaks of first fruits. Uh, Paul uh, is robbing God, as I said, of his authority over people. Uh, he's robbing the people of being blessed by God uh, in the truth. Uh, you know, uh, they're not hearing the truth. She's robbing them of the truth, and therefore, because they're not hearing the truth, they're not receiving the blessings that come from the truth itself. That's right. That's right. So we we just encourage people to read for the Bible for themselves. You don't need her, her uh, teaching series. God forbid. I don't know what she would be teaching you because it's another gospel and it's another Jesus. So uh, Paula uh, White has already, w- once God got, tried to get her attention years ago by bulldozing the two so-called churches that she started and they, they both went bankrupt and one was actually sold at a foreclosure auction. So there, there's not even a trace of those so-called ministries anymore. The, it, it's gone. So if you can't, God is so merciful because he's, he's still waiting for this woman to repent of her uh, spiritual adultery. So we'll see what happens in the days ahead. And yeah. uh, But it's very tempting for most people because they, they bring in millions of dollars. It works, the manipulation and the control that they have over people. It It gives them what they want temporarily, but I don't I don't understand how these people could be happy because there's no peace. You can't have peace when you know that you're unless they're already totally sheer, sheared over and they become reprobates and they have no conscience so they don't care anyway, but it's hard to know that you're stealing from people and you're lying to people about Jesus and to have any peace in your life. I just don't see how they can uh, enjoy their lives even though they have mansions and they have money, millions of dollars and whatever, I just don't see how they could even get to enjoy it if they have any conscience at all. But anyway, Ron, I want to thank you so much for coming on another great program. It's always good to have you on and uh, we'll do it again. Yeah, I did. I'll mention your, mention where people can get your books. Please uh, tell the people about your books on tithing, where they can get them. Yeah, I, well, my, my books on tithing are all on Amazon.com. Uh, easy address to remember. I'm sure everybody's gone there and uh, done some surfing or even purchasing things and might even sold things on Amazon. Uh, my books, just look for author Ronald, Ronald Roby. Uh, now, one thing I wanted to say when you mentioned books, I was thinking about uh, Paula White's book that she advertised there in the, in the clips. Uh, for $75, you can have a 365-day devotional. Well, you know, I can tell you people how to save $75, and that's to <laughs> read, the devo- read the devotional that you already have in your home. Yeah. It's, called the, it's called the Bible, and it, yeah, it, yeah. it can be opened every single day of the year. Uh, 365 yes. days a year, you can open it, and you can, you can be blessed by the truth that's in there. Uh, and you don't have to take the chance on... Uh, Paula putting you on her 
list of people to write for more money uh, after oh, yeah. you send her $75. Uh, and well, so uh, just open your Bibles and uh, as, uh, get into the Word of God and see what the Word of God has for you, uh, what the will of God is for you in your life today. And that's my encouragement for each and every one of you. Yeah, amen. And enjoy the freedom that Jesus gave you. You're not under any kind of bondage that these people want to put you under. And uh, Jesus said, you don't give out of necessity. That's what it says in Corinthians. So necessity means not because you have a need. So we don't give because we have a need. That's one teaching that really needs to be debunked and debunked forever. We give because we love. That's the most important thing. Okay, Ron, so we'll do it again. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Susan. Be blessed. Yes, you too. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, everybody from around the country. Thanks for the brother that stopped by from Australia today in the chat room. Everybody that came by, all our listeners around the world, we appreciate you. So very much. We're in our 10th year and we have uh, over 700,000 listens. Thank you, Jesus, by some kind of miracle, really. Uh, it was God because we do, do very little publicity. But we thank God for everybody that's listened. We hope that you're being blessed and you're learning something. And remember, the most important thing today is, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? No matter what Paula White does or anybody else does, God is going to ask you about your life one day. And did you repent of your your sins? And have you accepted his free gift of eternal life? Because Jesus said in the third chapter of John, he told Nicodemus that you must be born again. First, you're born of your mother, but then you must be born again of the Spirit of God. And Romans 10.10 says, confession is made with the mouth unto salvation. So we confess our sins, and he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to give us a brand new life. And you can make heaven your home today. Only God can give you peace. Only God can give you joy. Amen. God bless you. Bye-bye, everybody. I'm going to a city that's set on a hill. Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there. Oh, I'm going to a city. It lies four square. The gates are made of jasper and I'll see Jesus there. I'm going to a city. On a hill, and someday I'll be in heaven, and there'll be no sorrow
I'm going to a city It lies four square The gates are made of jasper And I'll see Jesus there I'm going to a city And it's set on a hill And someday I'll be in heaven And there'll be no sorrow there And someday I'll be in heaven And there'll be no sorrow there 